a question that a lot of people have in life. Uh, whether it be about a job, whether it be about who to marry, whether it be about uh, you know going back to school, uh, we always have this question of if. Uh, unbelievers and believers both are asking the question. Um, but we've been looking the last few weeks that we have the inside scoop, so to say, so to speak. And um, through God's word, uh, we've been looking and we've been seeing that God actually wants us to know his will and his plan and his purpose in every situation. Uh, this is a question that, as believers, we shouldn't be asking. We shouldn't be asking if it's God's will or if he wants me to do this, but we should be going in and finding out what his word has to say about it and what God has to say about it. Now, you know, there's a gray area here. It's called gray matter, and it's an area where the Bible doesn't answer specific questions for our lives. Uh, you, you can go to the Bible, uh, you know, uh, should I have uh, intercourse with this person? We're not married yet. The Bible can answer that question. Uh, should I give one-tenth of my income to the church? The Bible answers that question. But then we get into other questions, you know, such as, uh, should I go back to school? Well, you're not going to find that in the Bible. Uh, does God want me to enter into this business proposition with this certain person? The Bible's not going to have a yes or no in those areas. And so this is where we tend to get into the if, and uh, we act like God is hiding things from us or is failing to reveal things to, from us uh, or failing to reveal things to us, and that's just not the case. God wants us to know his will in every way, and last week we actually took some time uh, to show that if you want to know God's will, you have to seek it. Uh, because Jesus, when he was on the earth, he made this statement in John chapter 5, verse 30. He said, I do nothing on my own initiative. I don't seek my own will, but that which the Father has sent me to do. So that tells us this. It tells us that Jesus could have sought his own will. First of all, it, it shows us that he could have sought his own will. He could have done his own thing. Secondly, it shows us that just as much as we have to seek God's will, he had to seek God's will. Jesus didn't do what he did in the earth just because he was Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven, and, you know, hung out with God all the time in heaven. That didn't make up for his 30 years on the earth where he, we saw that he spent time communicating with his Father, in relationship with his Father, talking with him, and finding out what his will was. He spent all night in prayer. He would go and pray. He taught his disciples to pray. He didn't teach his disciples to lay hands on the sick. He didn't teach his disciples to cast out demons. He commanded them to do that. But he taught them to pray. There's a difference there. And he knew that they could do it because if they would communicate with their father, they would know God's will in every situation, every, everything they came against. They would, able to, they would be able to speak God's will. They would be able to do God's will. They would be able to go where God told them to go. And so we've been taking some time to look at uh, the if question. And a lot of times we just stop at if or how or when or why instead of pressing in. And today that's kind of where I want to go uh, this morning. The title of my message this morning is The Mystery. And um, I'm going to show you today that there is a mystery to it. There is a mystery about it. Um, a lot of us have questions. I, I have questions about my own life. 
And uh, the fact that I don't know it, or the fact that I don't know the answer, is not because God is hiding something from me. It's because he's hiding something for me. Uh, Basically, I want to do this this morning. I want to change our perspective in how we view the questions that we bring to God and how we view God revealing information to us. Because uh, we all have heard the, the verses, uh, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. Uh, God is bigger than us. He can see everything and he doesn't show everything to us at one time. And that's true. But we need to find out why. And we're actually going to find out this morning that there is a search that has taken place. There is a mystery. If you look at uh, Matthew chapter 13, we'll start there. There is a mystery. Today, I want to change our question. I want to change our question from what is God hiding from me to what have I not discovered yet? That's what I want to change our perspective from. I want to change our perspective from this whole God hiding something from me and then him choosing when to reveal it. And I want us to start thinking of what is it that I haven't discovered yet? Why haven't I discovered it? And how can I discover it? That's what we want to look at. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 10. Jesus is actually just got done giving a parable to a multitude of people. If you go back to the beginning of the chapter, there is a multitude following him. Thousands of people are with him at this point. He just got done telling the parable of the sower. And in verse 10, his disciples ask him a question. They say, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in a language? What the disciples are saying is, why don't you just come out with it? Why aren't you just clear with it? Why, do you see, why are you making it seem like you're hiding something from them? Why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in a way that they can't quite get it? Because everywhere Jesus went, he was saying the kingdom of heaven is like this, and the kingdom of heaven is like that. And he was always telling these stories and these parables. And this is why. Look at what he says in verse 11. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, who's he talking to? His disciples. At this point, he has turned from the crowd. He's now talking to 12 people. And he tells them, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He goes ahead and lets them know this kingdom of heaven thing, it's a mystery. There's a mystery to it. But to them, it has not been given. Why? I mean, we always think about Jesus as a person that accepts everybody, right? Loves everybody. You're automatically included in Jesus' group. But right here, he has split people up. He just just defined an us and a them. That's contrary to the picture that a lot of people have of Jesus. We see Jesus as this one that just, I love you, come on, I love you, come on, I love you, come on. But Jesus actually, right here, he's showing a little division. I mean, today's, ten, today's viewpoint, we would call this a click. I'm going to tell you a certain thing, but I'm not going to tell them a certain thing. Now, notice there that he says, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Verse 12, for whoever has, 
to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. What in the world is he talking about? If you have, then you will get more. And if you don't have, then what you have will be taken away from you. And if we actually go further on down, Jesus makes a reference and he says, uh, he actually goes back to the Old Testament and he says, uh, to those that have ears, let them hear. Well, we all have ears. Are you, telling, are you saying the disciples have ears that the multitude doesn't? They're able to hear something that the multitude can't? And he says, if you have ears, let them hear. He says, this generation, they, they have ears to hear, but they don't hear. They have eyes to see, but they don't see. What's he saying? He's, he's talking about understanding. He's not talking about what they're literally hearing. Because he could tell the disciples one thing and tell the multitude another, or tell the multitude the same thing, and they both hear something different. Why? And the key word is mysteries. The key word is the mystery. See, with the mystery, there comes a discovery. Every mystery, if you're going to find out the mystery, there's a discovery of what the mystery is. But that discovery requires a search. The discovery requires a search. You have to search it out to discover the mystery. But here's what the search brings. The search comes with a price. And this is where most people miss it. When I say most people, I'm speaking biblically because out of a multitude of people, 12 people were able to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Why? Because the search required a sacrifice. Now tell me, did the disciples make some sacrifices? You better believe they did. Jesus is walking along. You got Peter, James, and John. They're, they're in the middle of their job. Think about you at your job, what you do for a living to make money, your career. You're out there farming, or you're out there behind the counter, or you're out there bagging groceries, or you're out there in the doctor's office. Whatever you do for your career, for your job, and someone walks up and says, come follow me. And you drop it at, on, the, on the spot and walk away. His disciples had made some sacrifices. His disciples left their jobs, left careers, they left their homes, they left their families. They made some serious sacrifices. So Jesus turns to them and says, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But to them... It hasn't. What's Jesus looking for? Who's willing to pay the price? Because if you're going to know what I know, then there's a search involved. And if you're going to get on this search with me, then you've got to pay a price to stay on the search to discover the mystery. The mystery has a discovery. The discovery requires a search, and the search comes at a price. Now, we know there was one person that came to Jesus. There was, a, there was a young man. The Bible talks about the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he wanted what the disciples 
had. He wanted what the disciples had. He came to Jesus and said, Lord, how can I enter into your kingdom? How can I get to know everything that that you're doing? How can I get to understand what you're all about? How can I be a part of this quest you're on in life? And so Jesus said what? He said, well, uh, you need to follow the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't put any other gods before me. Oh, yeah, I've done those since I was a child. That's easy. I got this. And then what did Jesus say? Go and sell all you have and give it to the poor. Get rid of everything you got. What's he asking for? Sacrifice. Are you willing to pay the price? He's not saying, if you want to be like us, you've got to be poor and destitute and have nothing. That's not Jesus. That's not my Jesus. I mean, you don't have, you don't have someone on your staff, in your team, that's taking care of the finances if you don't have any finances. <laughs> okay? I mean, we know Judas took care of the finances. Because we know later on that they actually found out he was skimming off the top. And you can't skim off the top if you don't have much to skim from. You only got $5 and you take a dollar, it's pretty noticeable. Okay, so this Jesus was not a poor and destitute Jesus walking around with nothing. So he's not saying, well, you you got to get rid of all your worldly things. And we've used this experience, the rich young ruler, in many different arenas. But the one I want to use it in today is what Jesus was trying to, the the key thing he was trying to get across to that young man was if you're going to join us in this, if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, if you're going to come and join us in this search, you are going to be required to sacrifice something. Because you see these 12 guys I got back here, yeah, they left their homes. They left their families. They left their jobs. They've put it all down, and they have spent three years walking with me and seeing everything that I'm doing. Jesus was all about followers. Jesus was all about training people up. Because think about it. If Jesus didn't have disciples, everything he did was for nothing. Because remember, Jesus didn't come to die on the cross to get you to heaven. He came to bring the kingdom back to the earth. He came to restore to man the dominion and the ability to rule and reign in this life. Heaven is the byproduct. Sure, if, G- if all Jesus did was come and come to the earth and just try to get people to heaven, then sure, that was done in the cross and we just live terrible lives and we can't share with anybody about the great stuff we've got. But he had 12 disciples to carry on what he was doing. So he's not trying to turn someone away. He's not trying to say, you know what, you can't be a part of this group. We're a clique. He just wants to find out, do you have what it takes? See, there was another man, Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, he was a Pharisee, but he came to Jesus in the middle of the night. And he said, he actually just made a statement. He didn't ask Jesus a question. He said, Master, it, it, it is obvious that that what you're doing is from God. It is obvious the things that are taking place, this is heaven on earth. And he tells Nicodemus, he said, you will not see or enter the kingdom unless you're born again. 
And what did he do? He just, he just spilled something out to Nicodemus he couldn't even swallow. What in the world? You, I can't go back into my mother's womb to be born again. Why didn't he understand that? Because there was no price paid. Jesus talked to a lot of people that didn't understand him. I want to tell you this. Jesus today is probably the most explained person in the earth. He's probably the one person in the entire earth that is explained the most. But he's also the most misunderstood person in all the earth. There are a lot of people that are confused about Jesus. There are a lot of people that are confused about who he was, why he did what he did, why did he come to this earth, what, what, what was his point, what was his accomplishments. And we're all searching for that. But it's a mystery for a lot of people. And how I'm tying this in this morning is, is our, our will for our lives, or what we think God's will is for our life, for a lot of us may be a mystery. Uh, there may be some of you that since attending this church, it may have become more mysterious. You thought you were here to do one thing, and then you started coming to church and finding out different things about why you're really in the earth. And now it's like, okay, well, then what am I really supposed to do? Because remember, we talked about the general purpose and your specific purpose. We all have the same general purpose to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. Unbelievers have the same purpose. And once you find out what your general purpose is, it now changes what your specific purpose is. See, I don't go to my job every day, Monday through Friday, to just make a paycheck anymore. Now my specific purpose is supposed to help me accomplish my general purpose. So now my specific purpose, my workplace, where I go, Monday through Friday, is no longer the paycheck. It's my area of influence. I influence those coworkers. I influence my employers and my employees. I influence uh, vendors. I influence uh, uh, customers for the kingdom of God. Now my specific purpose is lining up with my general. And now we may be having an issue with, okay, well, is my specific purpose really pushing my general purpose? Is what I'm doing specifically for my life helping me accomplish my overall purpose in the earth? And so it may be a mystery. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the mystery is not because God is not wanting to show you something. He wants you to find it. But for you to find it, it's going to require you to pay a price. And he wants to know if you're willing to pay that price. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Paul spoke of the mystery in verse 24. He said, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And we know Paul suffered. He went through some crazy stuff. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Look at this in verse 26. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory, the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. We talked about wisdom last week. 
that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Look at this in verse 29. To this end I also labor, striving, according to his working, which works in me mightily. Through this, let me paraphrase this. Paul is saying, I glory in, in the, the pressures and the oppression that's coming on my life because I know that it is counting me worthy to make known the mystery. See, not only for Paul was there pressure in just knowing the mystery for himself. If I'm going to continue to know the mystery of what God is all about, and look, this mystery is ongoing. You'll never get to a point in life where you figured it out. That is the mystery. Every day, there's a new mystery. Every day, there's a new question. Every day, we have an opportunity to learn more of God. But Paul says, I glory in the sufferings. I I glory in all this pressure that's on my life. And what were his sufferings? Yes, he went through a lot of physical stuff. A lot of the physical stuff he went through was because in his day and age, it was illegal to do what he was doing. They didn't know what to do. This was a new thing for them. Think about it. Jesus has just died on the cross. And now you got a bunch of people that are talking about what Jesus did. And if you remember, Jesus died on a cross for political reasons. They killed him because they thought he was trying to overthrow a government. They thought he was a traitor. So think about it. If a man rises against the government and they put him to death for it, now he's risen back, and now he got a ton of people glorifying and talking about how awesome this guy is, do you think the government's going to come after you? Sure. You better believe they are. And so back in his day and age, that was what they did. They beat them. They put them in jail. They had a lot of physical sufferings. But Paul's sufferings actually went beyond that. Because when Paul would go to a new town and minister the gospel, there would be people that would come behind him and debunk everything he just said. Now tell me that's not frustrating. That'd be terrible to go to a new town, preach Jesus, get a bunch of people excited about Jesus, and then when you leave, there's someone else, like a revolving door, stepping in and saying, all right, everything that man just said was a lie. Let me tell you why it's a lie. And that still happens today. That still happens today. That's where we get goats and wolves in, in, in the midst of the body. Questioning the pastor. Hey, did you hear what Pastor Mark said on Sunday? What do you think about it? Got to be careful there. You got to be careful. This happens in, in a lot of churches. Uh, one, thing, one reason why uh, we don't do a whole lot of uh, home meetings and people getting in the house, gathering around the word and Because what happens a lot of times is these people will end up discussing what the pastor talked about in church, but then put their slant or put their opinion on it. I mean, we're all about fellowships outside. I mean, we have First Friday fellowships. Uh, We go to people's homes and play games and just hang out. But we're very cautious about what kind of conversations happen. Because a lot of times those things get into negative and they start getting away from what's happening in the church. You've got to be very careful of that. So that was an impression for Paul. It was another impression to be sitting in a jail cell when he knew about the message that he had, the mystery that he had, that he wanted to help make known to everybody. These were frustrating, oppressive things in his life. But he says, I glory in it. 
I'm thankful for it because it lets me know that the mystery is being... See, if there's no pressure, then we have to ask the question, are we really pursuing the mystery? If, if there's no sacrifice in my life, then I'm, is what I'm really going after what I really need to be searching for? I'm not saying that you have to have trials and tribulations. Jesus actually said that you would. We would be promised those things. We have victory in them. But what I'm talking about is more of just the, the pressure of trying to find out why. And that pressure, that search, it is what determines how bad do you want it. Well, God, am I supposed to go back to school? And so you're searching that thing out, and there's a lot of pressure because now you're going back to school and, and you're having to go back through things that, uh, you know, were years ago, having to study again, and having and there's the pressure there, but... How bad do you want it determines, or the, the, the search that you keep going on, the keep enduring the pressures, determines how bad you want it. It determines the value of what you're searching for. See, Jesus told a parable, uh, the parable of the lost coin, talked about a, a woman, and she had this coin. And she went all, she lost it, and she went all through her house looking for it, turning things over, trying to find this coin. How many of you have ever lost something that was valuable? How long did you search for it? How, now, how, long, how many of you have lost something that maybe you didn't really care about, and it's like, oh, well, if it turns up, I'll find it? That determines the value. And look, that thing could have cost you $500, but if you don't really care about it, oh, I'll get another one. Oh, I have another one. Oh, I never really used it anyways. See, the value wasn't in the $500. The value is in you. The value is in how much, how much do you value it? What kind of priority do you place on it? I mean, things of high value, we don't lose those very much because we're very careful with it, making sure we don't lose it. But when it does get lost, what do you do? You start searching, and you searching. I mean, I, there's a watch right now that I cannot find. It's actually my most valuable watch by price, but it's also my most valuable watch because it's my favorite watch. And somewhere in the move from Florida to here, I can't find it. Now, there was two of them, and I found one about four weeks ago. And, man, I was excited because I was like, man, I got these other watches, but I don't really care. If I lost one of them, it probably wouldn't bother me. But this watch, and that's one, I, I can't find it. But I keep looking for it. There's, there's days where I'll, think, I'll be thinking about it at the house, and i just, maybe it's here, maybe it's there. What, it's still on my mind. I mean, if, if, I, if, if I didn't value it, I wouldn't care about it, and I wouldn't think twice about it. And then the day that it popped up, oh, yeah, there it is. But what? The value is determined by the search. And see, the disciples proved the value of knowing and understanding the mystery of the kingdom. Why? Because they sacrificed so much to join Jesus. Uh, Paul had some more verses talking about this search. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9, Paul says, To me... 
who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. I mean, Paul just goes ahead and let you know, this mystery, this thing that everyone's trying to figure out, it's hidden. And it's been my job to make it known. Who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory. He's saying, don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged about everything that I'm going through because what I'm going through is proving out the price of the mystery. The pressures that are coming against my life are proving out the value of the mystery that I have to make known. And notice also he said there that you have boldness and access through confidence in him. We talked about that in the first week. A lot of people have this picture that they can't know the things of God because God is this stern, mean man upstairs that you can't talk to unless he wants you to talk to him. And that's just not the case. The Bible says we have boldness, we have access, and we have confidence that when I speak, he hears me. When I talk, he's listening. When I'm asking, he's waiting to answer. That's the God I serve. And so Paul is showing there, if you want to know the mystery, know you have boldness, you have access, and you have confidence in him to know the mystery. I mean, that, that would stink to be on a search and know that you can't ever find it. That'd be terrible. But you are on a search for something that can be found. The reason why God has hidden it is because he wants to know how badly do you want it. Will you pay the price? Will you make the sacrifice? Uh, one more one more passage, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. Paul says, uh, And for me, that utterance may be given to me. He's asking the church at Ephesus to pray for him. And he says, Pray for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make what? Known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Why is he praying for boldness? Because there's pressure. There's pressure there. There's pressure coming against me to make known a mystery. But pray that I'll have boldness to, to get through the pressure. Do you think Paul needed some boldness when his life is threatened? I mean, there was one point where he was thrown out of the city, stoned, and left for dead. But he stood back up, came back to life, and went back in the city and went right back to preaching. Why? Because he valued the mystery. He valued it. He was on a search, and his search was determined, the value was determined by how much he searched for it. And so Paul speaks of the gospel as a mystery. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 
1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6. We need to know where to look. A lot of times we have an issue when we get in a mystery or when we're searching for something where we're searching in the wrong places. And see, there's a lot of people that are searching for God's will for their life, but they're searching for it in school or they're searching for it in their careers. Uh, some people are searching for God's will in their life. They're, they're looking for it in a spouse or in a relationship. Or if I could just marry this person. Or if I could just have this many kids. Or if I could just make this much money. And that's where they're looking for their purpose. That's where they're looking for their purpose in their life. That's where they're trying to discover the mystery. But that's not where the mystery is hidden. We just saw in Ephesians that the, the mystery is hidden in God. So we need to look in the right places. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, not the wisdom of what the world is living by. That word age is not time. That word age is, uh, that word, age is world. Okay? Not the wisdom of this world, nor of the rulers of this world who are coming to nothing. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known it, they would, have, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Skip on down to verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, those things that we would consider really hidden, those things that we consider uh, you've got to really search for. And yes, there are deep things of God, and your search determines if you'll find them out. They're not deep things of God, so God can know something we don't know. They're deep things, because if you really want to know that, then you really have to search for it. Verse 12. No, verse 11. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Again, we said this last week that the only one that knows what God is thinking, what God's will is, what God's purpose is, is his spirit. Just like the only person that knows what you're thinking and what your intentions are right now is your spirit. I cannot look at you and know what you're thinking. I cannot look at you and know what you want to do. Only you do. So, if I want to know God's will, if I want to know God's intentions, if I want to know God's purpose, who do I need to go to? His Spirit. You've got to go to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is ready and willing to reveal those things to us. But a lot of us are looking in the wrong place. Verse 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, because he's showing you the spirit of the world only gets you what the world knows. But he just told us up there that the wisdom of this world is coming to nothing. But you don't have the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now look at this in verse 13. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The mystery is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit through his word. And if you are trying to figure it out naturally, it will remain a mystery to you. And that's where a lot of people are, is they want to turn to the Word, but it's not naturally discerned. So the Holy Spirit is the key here. The mystery is revealed by the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one that knows God's mind, is the one that knows God's will, is the one that knows God's intentions. The Word has His will, and it's revealed to you by relying on the Holy Spirit, by relying on His Spirit. So when, and you know, when I, I do this in my own life. When I, when I get in and, I, and I'm just studying or just reading, I ask the Holy Spirit, show me. And you know, that's why I can read this book year after year and get something different out of, different out of it every time. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's showing me stuff. I'm not just figuring it out on my own. If I was just figuring it out with my own head, I'd be very limited. In fact, the Bible tells me here that it's not naturally discerned, and it's foolishness. Anyone ever read the Bible and just thought it was foolishness? (laughs) Yeah. But when we get in and we let the Holy Spirit reveal things to us, wow, I've never seen that before. Wow, I've read that verse a million times and never seen that. Wow, that's awesome. That's because the Holy Spirit is revealing things. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. We've, one, got to know where to look, go to the Word. And two, let the Holy Spirit help you search for it. Let Him reveal it to you. And as you continue to search, the more and more He will reveal. Now in John chapter 16, John chapter 16 and verse 12, Jesus is talking with His disciples and He says this, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. No one wants to hear. That's like saying, hey, I want to tell you something. Oh, wait, no, never mind. What's our first response? No, 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 tell me, tell me, right? Hey, I, I was, hey, I, I was going to tell you that, oh, forget it. What? Don't just stop there. That's what Jesus just did. He just went to his disciples and said, hey, I want to tell you something. In fact, he says, I got a lot of things to tell you, but you can't bear them. Well, what helps us bear them? Because in this search and in the mystery, you have to, there's, there's a gaining. There's always more to know. There's always more to understand. What helps us bear? What helps us get to a level where God says, okay, I can reveal that to you now? It's the search. It's the search. And it's doing with what you, it's working with what you already know. See, God isn't going to reveal to you tomorrow if you're not doing what he didn't ask you to do today. God's not going to give you more revelation for your life if you're not being obedient to his instruction today. And... Uh, so we, we have to be stewards with what we have. That is why Jesus told his disciples, to him who has, more will be given. But to him who doesn't, 
It'll be taken away. What's he saying? If you don't use what you got, even what you have will be taken away from you. But if you use what you got, just go with what you have. I mean, last week I talked to you a little bit about uh, Bible school. And, you know, some friends that I have that are still hanging out there. And God, a lot of times, doesn't give you a whole lot. I mean, throughout this series, if I don't want us to walk away from here thinking that God's going to reveal a whole plan to our lives just because we heard a message on if. What I'm saying is when he does give you revelation, you've got to go with that. I mean, think about Abraham. He gets one word. Go. Leave this country. He didn't tell him where to go. He just said, head in this direction. And you'll know it when when you get there. How many of us are really willing to do that? Quit your job, because i got something else in store for you. Well, what is it, God? I'm not telling you. Just quit your job. I mean, you know, that's, that's scary stuff. That's scary stuff. Start school. Well, what am I supposed to take? I'll tell you when you get there. Go apply for this job. But I don't even have... I, I don't even have the qualifications. Just show up and I'll, let you, and, and I'll take care of the rest. That's what God's wanting to do. But if we're not being obedient with that, God, what, what is I know that this job isn't it, so what is it, God? You're, you're showing me something else. Well, you're not being obedient. I asked you to quit your job, and then I would show you. And so we have to take the instruction that we receive today and then we will receive direction for tomorrow. See, directions always come in instructions. I have a little GPS thing in my truck, and it gives me instructions. Turn right here. I can't expect to get the step after that if I don't turn right. I'm not going to get... If I'm not obedient to the instructions it's given me, then I, I'm, it's not going to give me direction for where I'm going. So we have to take instruction today, and that will reap direction tomorrow. And then tomorrow's another step. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Not the path. Not the whole plan. Not a whole man's life. Not a whole person's life. So we have to take it in steps. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, just to, as you're turning there, or as we're getting ready to approach that, just one last thing in John chapter 16, right after he told them, you can't bear it, he, want, he went on and said, however, when the Spirit of truth comes, he'll reveal it to you. Who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will reveal it. But remember the instruction that Jesus gave his disciples right before he left? He told them to go somewhere and wait. He said, go to Jerusalem, tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit. Had they not hearken to that instruction, they would not have gotten the direction that he told them that they couldn't bear at one point. There's many more things that I want to tell you. Look, there's many more things God wants you to know. There's many more things God wants you to find out. This mystery is so big, it will spend you a lifetime to find it. But he wants you to take it down one day at a time. Obey my instruction one day at a time. Heed my direction one day at a time. And you'll get there. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And look what verse 34 says. Therefore, do not worry for tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But today, seek first the kingdom. See, the value of what you're seeking for is determined by your search. And some of us, there may be things that, you know, at one time God laid on our heart to search out and to pursue and to do, but we gave up the search. And so now we're sitting back wondering why God hasn't revealed more to us. It's because we haven't continued on with the search. And so he says, well, maybe it didn't mean that much to you. Maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. See, he, he looked to that rich young ruler and he said, it wasn't a big deal for him. It wasn't as big of a deal to be a part of the kingdom. He wanted, he wanted what you have. He wanted what my disciples have. But he didn't want to pay the price that my disciples have paid. He wanted to join in on all the fun and all the good stuff that's going on. But he didn't want to leave his family. He didn't want to give up the things that he had. He didn't want to leave his job, leave his career. He didn't want to pay the price. And paying the price uh, for this search, there's always sacrifice involved. That's why he was able to turn to his 12 disciples and say, For you, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. See, in life we've got this question, we've got this if question. And if always has to do with the future, because you wouldn't be asking if, if you already knew. And there are some things that we can know. Next week, we're gonna, I'm going to hit different questions that believers have about the Bible. Is it God's will to heal? Is it God's will for me to have money? Is it God's will uh, for me to have a good job? Is it God's will for me to, to have a family? I'm going to go through different things where... They sound like simple questions, but there's a lot of scrutiny. There's a lot of, there's a lot of confusion in the church, not even with unbelievers, in the church. And I want to help lay those out. But we have these if questions. And we, we, we're asking God questions, and he's saying there's a search involved. Are you willing to pay the price? So this morning you have the option. Are you going to be the 12 disciple or are you going to be a rich young ruler? Are you going to be the one that when God gives the instruction to drop it, drop it, knowing nothing else? These guys didn't know anything else. These guys weren't coming on payroll. These guys weren't coming on staff. And he didn't sit down with them a full contract and they had to sign it. This is what I'll do. If you, This is what you'll do. He just said, come follow me. Make, I'll make you fishers of men. Simple statement. And are we going to take that position, or are we going to take the position of the rich young ruler, and we're going to look at everything that we've acquired? That's the biggest hindrance, is everything you've done. But Lord, look what, I went to school for these degrees. I, I, I took time. I, I, I spent time trying to learn this subject. I mean, Lord, I've raised, I've grown this business from the ground up. I mean, there's sacrifices, there's prices to pay to know the mystery. The mystery is not hidden so you won't find it. 
It's hidden, so you will. But he is wanting to know, are you willing to pay the price to go on the search to discover the mystery? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that uh, you are willing and able and ready to reveal to us the, the mysteries in our own lives. And Father, I thank you that this morning we'll see the perspective that it's not what you're hiding from us, but it's just what have we not discovered yet? What have we not come across? What, have, what do we still need to lay down in our lives to continue to pursue your purpose and your will and your plan? There are people all across this world seeking one thing. Why am I here? What is my life all about? What am I supposed to do? And there's many things that can, that can confuse us. There's many things that can get us off and think that we have acquired it. But Father, I thank you that you are ready to show us our true purpose, to answer all of our questions if we will just lay down our lives, lay down our pursuits, and seek first the kingdom. This morning, we place value on your priorities. This morning, we place value in our lives and walking our lives out according to your will. And so we're about to, we're, we're going to take on this search, Father. We're going to take on, uh, we're, we're going to sacrifice, we're going to pay the price, we're going to do whatever is required of us. Because our only goal is to know you and your kingdom and to know our purpose in that kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.